Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number three on a wonderful football Wednesday. Nick, Ken, and you here on the BetQL Network. One more hour simulcast by our friends at Stadium, and it's going to be a banger of a 60 Minutes coming your way here, talking all things sports betting. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports coming up in 20 minutes, giving us his takes and bets for Week 9 in the National Football League. Ken and I will get back to line movement for Week 9. Deshaun Watson practicing today in a limited fashion for the Cleveland Browns. We'll tell you about that market coming up against, I guess like we... We think it'll be named that tune, Clayton Tune, starting for the Arizona Cardinals. Because who the hell knows with this team? We'll tell you about line movement in the Saints-Bears game coming up on Sunday in New Orleans with the secret Bajant man on the road at the Saints. And 60 minutes from now, the final hour of the show, the Power Hour, twitch.tv backslash betql for people watching on stadium for the final hour, featuring all our bets for tonight, National Hockey League, NBA, Game 5 of the World Series, and of course, who could forget the Worldwide Technology Championship in golf in Acapulco, San Lucas, Mexico at a Tiger Woods design course. So we absolutely love it. But joining us right now, the very special guest to kick off our number three of today's show. It is the great cousin Sal. You know him from The Ringer and the Against All Odds podcast. You'll love him from Cousin Sal's winning weekend. And look, you know, there are a lot of sports books out there. We send an olive branch to our guy, Cousin Sal, because he's awesome and he comes on the show on FanDuel TV, where Cousin Sal does a fantastic job. And he's on Twitter at the Cousin Sal. My friend, we sincerely appreciate you making the time on a Wednesday. Nick and Ken, welcome back to the show. How's it going? Thank you for, wow, you guys are really busy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tune in to the next two hours after my boring part, but it really seems like you're, you're covering the golf and everything. This is terrific. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are on for four hours every day, so yes. <laughs> kind of got to hit on everything. Uh, so obviously for people that, that listen to you, like I, I listen to you on, on Guess the Lines on the Bill Simmons pod for like, I mean, that's like 20 years feel like that's been going back. I was like, you know, before this lot. job, yeah. I was listening to you on that pod. And obviously people listen to that know you're a Cowboys fan. And we happen to have you on this week. And it's like one of the games of the season. They're at Philadelphia Eagles by three. The line basically hasn't moved the entire week so far. Nick and I were talking about the game. We're like, we kind of think the right number is three. Maybe we like Dallas a little in the game. I mean, how oh. do you feel fan wise? And how do you feel better wise with the Eagles laying three in that game? Uh, let me start better wise, because when I saw the line at three and I, I saw some books had it at two and a half, I said, oh, this is stupid. They're playing with my emotions here. They're letting me think that the Cowboys have a chance in this game. Whereas I thought the Eagles really should have been like a three and a half, not four, but th- at least three and a half point favorite. They have a substantial home field advantage. They've won 10 out of the last 12 there. And we saw what happens to the Cowboys every time they match up against a physical line. of skirt. You know what I mean? When they went to San Francisco. That was the last game the 49ers ever won. 
uh, in the history of the team. And so uh, I think it's going to be a similar thing. I don't have my hopes up too high. And, you know, the next three games are like the Panthers and Washington on Thanksgiving. There's another uh, garbage game in there. The Cowboys, it is what it is with them. I think they'll lose this week. They'll be five and three, and then they'll win the next three, culminating with Thanksgiving. It's Panthers, it's Gi- Giants first, then Panthers, then Commanders. So we're looking at an eight and three team that's going to get the five seed and play the NFC South team. So, so you don't even have to watch. I just uh, laid it all out for you. That was pretty good, and like, and hope maybe it'll be Atlanta. And I would definitely like to. Add, I bet them against either New Orleans or, or, or Atlanta like last and year too. Got Tampa right. four oh, Tampa? five, like oh, the exact same God. setup. With that my, went pretty well. With, yeah. And that's my favorite bet on the calendar year of our Lord 2023 was the Cowboys mm-hmm. on Wild Card Weekend against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sal, be honest. Hey, not, with not enough credit, by the way. We did in Tom Brady. Tom Brady could have had another dozen years in the NFL if not for the Cowboys kicking him to the curb. So we should get a that little is, more credit than that. We do get for that. That is that is not true. But it's at least like maybe like maybe like a smidge, a, like a sliver could potentially be true. I need now, Sal, something to hang on to. Come on, yeah. <laughs> I mean, your, your team's really good, man. To be fair, and I, and I'm gonna ask you how good they are in a second. Now, be honest with us, man, because like there is a case to be made, a realistic case that Dallas might be the best team. Despite what happened against San Francisco, they can meet again in the playoffs. That Dallas might be the best team in the NFC when it's all said and done. And uh, the dust is settled, and the smoke is cleared, or whatever, whatever the cliche is. Where do the Dallas Cowboys finish this season? Is it Championship Sunday? Before that, do they make the Super Bowl? What is the ultimate ceiling here for the Dallas Cowboys in 2023? I think it's. I don't have any evidence to suggest that it's going to be any different from what it was the last couple of years, either a first or second round KO uh, at the hands of the 49ers. So, because I think we still have between Dak and Mike McCarthy. One of those guys is going to screw up late in January, preventing us from getting to the uh, Shangri-La, the Super Bowl. Now, of course, when I see Dak, I don't even care if it's against the Rams, four touchdowns, you know, one pick, whatever it was, that's good. I'd much rather see that than Micah Parsons with four sacks, right? And still some confidence in me. Plus, these injuries, I hate to say it, but they just pop up. So you're right. The Cowboys could be the best or second best team in the NFC come January. I think it's going to be more likely what I said. They end up being a five seed, but Jalen Hurts already playing a little banged up with the knee and everything. I don't think we've seen the end. This is not how you want to analyze football, but I don't think we've seen the end of a a major injury uh, in the NFC. So I think we we kind of think that Pretty Dallas morbid. Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, well, well, you know, trying to skate past that a little bit. So that we think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs, maybe be the five, maybe play the NFC South team. Yeah. Nick and I have talked a lot on the show the last couple of weeks about, okay, like Dallas or Philadelphia is the five. Seattle or San Francisco is the six, whoever wins the NFC West. And then we get mm-hmm. to the seven and we both kind of go, it could be one of like nine te- like nine terrible teams. One of them is yeah. going to make the playoffs. We would have said Minnesota for sure if Cousins didn't get hurt last week. Maybe they have the inside track, but is it the Vikings with Josh Dobbs? Is it the Rams? Looks like Stafford's going to avoid the IR, so that's pretty important for them. Is it somebody really out of left field, like the Giants go on some magical run to close the season? Like It feels like it could be like Atlanta mm. with Taylor Heineke. Uh, who do you think would get the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs at the end of the year? Well, first of all, I want to get your thoughts on who you want to be injured between now and... No, I'm kidding. Okay, yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, enough of the injured. Pass. Uh, right. I, I, I have a lot on the Vikings to make the playoffs. I know it's plus 225 right now. I still like it. I really do. I think this Josh Dobbs pickup, really, like, look at what he had, right? Okay, obviously, we saw him uh, be not good in a lot of quarters and a lot of, you know, his outings, but... Um, you know, what does he have? He has Brown. He's going to a better tight end than Hawkinson. He's going to a better 
you know, Addison is comparable to Brown. And it seems like Jefferson's going to come back sooner rather than later. So I think he's good enough to get the seven seed. Maybe I'm just saying that because I'm holding the Vikings to make the playoffs ticket. But, you know, if you look at his numbers, Dobbs, and I know he's not playing this week, um, his numbers are comparable to Baker Mayfield and, uh, and Derek Carr. And those are the guys he's going to need to pass or stay even with to get that seven seed. So I wouldn't rule out the Vikings. I think they're, they're my favorite, even though um, the books don't have them as a favorite to get the seven. No, what the hell do they know? You better, yeah, you better right. hear what Nick and Ken on, on, on a Wednesday. We're talking week nine in the NFL, the whole NFL season Screw with them. our pal, Cousin, cousin Sal, uh, against all odds with our friends at The Ringer. And uh, Cousin Sal's winning weekend on, on FanDuel TV. Does great work with our buddy John Jastrzemski, among others. So Cousin Sal doing a, a great yeah. job across the board. So Sal, you uh, you wake up this morning and get yourself a gun. But before you do that, mm-hmm. you, uh, you see on your phone, I'm sure, like the rest of us did, uh, Josh McDaniels. Dave Ziegler, fired by the Las Vegas Raiders, and now it's going to be former Giants linebacking great Antonio Pierce, who, by the way, was great in that divisional round win against the Cowboys in uh, January of uh, of 2008. We absolutely I can't, love that. I'm, I'm getting a bad connection, but yes, yeah, I bet, you, I, about the I bet yeah. you are. I bet you yeah. are. Antonio <laughs> Pierce and Aiden O'Connell is going to be the Raiders' new quarterback. So, first, your reaction to what the Raiders did and thoughts on that, and do you, do you like the Raiders now against Danny Dimes and the Giants coming up on Sunday? Basically, pick the winner of the game. Uh, I am uh, bummed because we stopped our Against All Odds podcast really like six minutes before the Josh McDaniels announcement. It was a, a Halloween miracle, right? It happened at basically at midnight or maybe a little after midnight on the East Coast. So, yeah, most of uh, America was asleep when Mark Davis. I, just, I can't believe they're going to be – I don't know how many coaches they're going to be paying in two years, right? I mean, it's between Gruden and McDaniels and now with Pierce. You know, he's going to get a bounty, and then he's going to be gone in two years. But as far as and Mark Davis saved a lot of money on haircuts, so I guess uh, I guess he'll have it. He has the sash to get it going. It's funny with that game in particular, Raiders Giants, and I'm looking at Washington on the road too. A lot of people would count these teams out, like oh they're giving up. The Raiders are giving up. Washington obviously trading sweat, and uh, you know they're getting rid of uh, all these pieces here. They've given up too. I feel like that's the time to pounce on a team. I think there's good value in both of those teams. I, I don't want to even say. They're an underdog, the Raiders, because they're after all of this, they're still a favorite over your pathetic Giants. I'm sorry, Nick. What else has to happen to this team for you to be giving points? That's a very good point. A lot of kind of pick the winner games coming up this weekend, too. So I want to get your thoughts on the, the game tomorrow night. We haven't talked a lot about it during the show, except just to confirm, like, the reporting that Kenny Pickett going to play. Like, we don't, we don't really know what condition he's going to be in, but he'll start for the Steelers. And they're about a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite, depending on the book you go to, against surprising Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans. Like, are you are you buying Levis based off one game, or are you the guy that's kind of like, well, I pumped the brakes here. Like, it was Atlanta at home in, like, a great setup, and maybe it's Pittsburgh in the game we've kind of gone back and forth on that a lot this week what do you like tomorrow night you have to pump the brakes because it's the Titans and it's Will Levis who was left holding as you know what in the green room there and so he's not good for a four touchdown output every single game and up against the Steelers defense on the road I tend to lean Steelers here I thought it would be a little heftier I thought it'd be about three and a half but um, here's my bet with the Steelers and please do this for the rest of the year it's already cashed twice um Opposing team first half, Steelers to win the game. If it's around the three-point favorite, if the Steelers are getting three, I know they're giving three in this case. That This has hit twice. It hit for 10-to-1 odds against the Ravens. It hit for 10-to-1 odds. Who am I forgetting now? Against the Rams, right? Same kind of thing. 
where they were losing at half and then they won the game. I think this is going to happen two more times this year at least. It's already, you know, up, what, uh, 12 units. So keep that going. Just bet that blind because they're a full crap team. We know Kenny Pickett's lousy. We know we wait two and a half hours for him to get one play where there's separation with Pickens and he goes for a touchdown, and the defense gives him good field position. This is the Steelers' MO. It's kind of been this way since the last couple of Roethlisberger years, but we might as well take advantage of it rather than get upset with the team. Don't you agree? That's right. Young, young Eli Manning. I've been saying that against yeah. about Pickett since his rookie year. Stings for 55 minutes and then turns it on and becomes Peyton Manning in the final five yep. minutes of, uh, of games. <laughs> uh, Sal, you mentioned, and probably maybe slightly tongue-in-cheek, that maybe the last game that the Niners will win this season was against your Dallas Cowboys in a 42-10 win on Sunday Night Football. Since then, the Niners have lost three straight games and currently find themselves, my friend, in second place in their own division. Seattle now in first place in the NFC West. Now, at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and check Sal out on FanDuel TV, but at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, San Francisco is still a massive favorite to win the NFC West, about minus 300. Seattle bought about plus uh, plus 250. Do, do you think the Niners come roaring back to win this division? Like, is it Seattle's division now? What do you think in the NFC West? I do still think there's not enough value in Seattle. A couple of weeks ago, you probably could have got them close to five to one, you know, four and a half to one. And now it's down. Um, I feel the same way about Seattle as I do Cincinnati. I think the value has gone for the division, but bet teams like that maybe to make a long run in the uh, playoffs. You know, like I could see Cincinnati getting to the AFC championship game. I could see the same for Seattle, but they would do this. They could do this without winning the division. So I think 49ers win the division. I think the Ravens win the division. I would stay away from those dogs in that regard, but I think these are good uh, for the long haul playoff team. So we got like a, a minute left for this. Uh, I know you look at award markets, futures markets. You were just talking about divisions there mm -hmm. and a couple of things you thought were kind of interesting a couple of weeks ago. Who, who do you think wins the MVP at the end of the year? Feels like it's still a little bit wide open, maybe with five, six, maybe seven quarterbacks all having a chance to win. Tua and Mahomes kind of the co-favorites right now. In about a minute here, who, who do you think comes away with the trophy at the end of the season? Yeah, well, you know, I, I like in the beginning of the year betting Mahomes at six to one and betting the Chiefs at six to one to win the Super Bowl. And I think that pays off in two or three years. If you look at it as like as a money market or an IRA, like, all right, just put that <laughs> money aside. And look, this is what we're doing. Mahomes isn't even having a good year. Look at his stats compared to Russell Wilson. I think he's like 15 and eight, 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Russ is 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. So we really have shifted the narrative. And so much could happen to Patrick Mahomes that it doesn't matter. He'll see it still be atop the leaderboard. So just for odds-wise and just value-wise, I still think it's Mahomes that gets it to the finish line uh, with a 12 or 13 win Chiefs team. Sal, I gotta, I'm on, I'm on. So, so you gotta follow Sal on Twitter if you're not at, at the cousin Sal. I'm looking, watching some of your videos here, man. Like you look, you're looking good these days, man. Look, looking what? handsome. The, the hair looks good. Our, our, our guy, he does that to everybody. Sal. He does that yeah, to well, everybody. I, 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 I do, but especially for our favorite guests, which we can count Sal among those. You gotta <laughs> check out Against All Odds, Sal's podcast with our friends at The Ringer. Sal's doing awesome work over at The Ringer and uh, various shows on FanDuel TV. Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. You got the Wise Guys with our pal John Jastrzemski. Absolutely love it, my friend. We sincerely appreciate the time. Wishing you the best of luck with your wagers. Honestly, like except for the Raiders. Go Giants, yeah. obviously, and we look forward to doing this again uh, down the line. Thank you, and thank you for the um, the compliment. And now I'm going to stuff my face with like six mini Mounds bars um, because now you said I look good, and now I have to uh, spitefully um, react to that. But thank you. I appreciate I it.
I gotta tell you, Sometimes that's like a psychiatrist. Like enough, you know? That's a psychiatrist yeah. dream. What he just said, man. You're like a psychoanalyst. You're like, oh wow, someone said I look good. I must have stuffed my face with sugary treats. That is like that is like that is worth like three a three hundred dollar an hour session right there. I will say though, Hashtag yo, we had some Halloween candy left over at my house yesterday. Um, like a bunch of like Reese's peanut butter cups. And sure. I said to my wife, like, like we have to throw these out because I have no self-control. If this is in the house, yeah. I am going to eat them. And uh, she said no, and then she left, and then I threw them yes. out. That is oh, my self-control. Because no I'm not Costanza, I'm not, I'm not dumpster diving, I'm, I'm not that bad. On the other side, more bets coming up for Week 9 in the National Football League. Our good friend Eric Eager stops by, Nick and Ken. You better you bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Third down and eight. As Love airs it out, looking for Reed. It's picked oh. off. Josh Metellus with the interception. And Metellus is inside the 30, still going. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Kenny Alvaro with the ball this past weekend. You gotta love it. Oh! The color oh. commentator there on the uh, on the Jordan Love interception. Oh, no. It's uh, as Joe Girardi would say, you know, it's uh, it's not what you want. It's not how what about we want. Uh, oh no, it isn't. How about uh, how about Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst addressing the media, being asked like, "Hey, like Jordan Goody? Love, your guy," and he's like, "Goody, goots, goots." <laughs> Do you know that like my my wife's like Italian family calls uh. They call squash guts. Wait, say that again. So like squash. Yeah. Like the vegetable. Like they will yes. make it like like my um my wife's aunt Elaine makes an un, it's called like egg um like a it's like a it's like squash and red sauce. It is absolutely delicious, and it is called guts. Why? Why? Why is it called I that? Know. I don't know. That that's like, what how you, you said, Goody. Uh, yeah. not sure. G A G O O T S. G O O T S. Yeah, but there's a couple Z's. I'm not sure. Guts. Right. What does my What did my son say when he was three months old? Yeah. Guts. Uh, and our guy, our guy Goody Goots, uh, saying, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If, yeah, we'll, we'll see. The next ten games going to be really important." Well, well, great. Glad like you traded Aaron Rodgers away for this dude who lost us a lot of money last week. Anyway, the Packers are playing the Rams this weekend, and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for LA. And I think I'd like to bet the Rams regardless. Uh, joining us right now to talk about that game and the rest of the slate coming up Week Nine in the National Football League is our good friend Eric eager from sumer sports on twitter at eric eager underscore co-host of the sumer sports football show along with former falcons general manager thomas dimitroff a tim scanlon client eric welcome back to the show it's nick and ken happy week nine happy week nine it feels like uh the season just started but i'm excited to uh talk about the uh the games this week Eric, if uh, if Matthew Stafford plays for the Rams, and there was reporting today that won't be placed on IR, like it's a UCL sprain in his thumb, but like let's assume he plays, and the Packers are three point favorites against the Rams, I think Nick and I are both just like, how can the Packers be three against? I think Nick asked me that Monday, how can the Packers be three against anybody if it's Stafford? You get about the Rams on Sunday? I I think I think that the number is reflecting no Stafford. You if you look at the look ahead. Uh, it was closer to a pick 'em. I think Stafford's probably worth four and a half points or so to the spread. Um, so it kind of makes sense there. 
Um, the Rams did look pretty bad against Dallas, but um, no team looked worse than the Packers against the Vikings. So I, I think it's a reflective of Stafford. So if you believe that Stafford has a chance to play, uh, I think the only side is L.A., and I think you probably have to consider them uh, as one of the better plays of the weekend. I, I don't have that kind of a, uh, affirmation that, that Stafford will play, so I'm not really necessarily all that interested in the number in that game. But uh, it is reflected, in my opinion, of Stafford not being in the lineup. Well, let me ask you the question in a different way, Eric, because I'm really curious as to your thought here. You're really sharp. You think about things in a really intelligent way. Kind of like, let's say it's Brett Rippon is the Rams starting quarterback on Sunday. And the number exists in like the dead zone in between three and a half and five and a half. Let's probably weighted more towards three. Let's just, let's say it's three and a half, four. Brett Rippon's the Rams quarterback. Three and a half or four is the point spread. Would you bet the Rams with Rippon if the number is above three? I, I, I would, if I were, if you were in like a pick and pool or something, it would be Rams or nothing for me, just because the Packers can't move the football all that well. I know the Rams defense isn't that great. They gave, you know, a really good game to CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott and, and company last game. But until I can see the Packers consistently use the Aaron Joneses and the Christian Watsons and the, the people that were supposed to get them here, um, I have no faith. And, and, and especially in an NFL where, you know, mo- the, a lot of the games are playing within three, right? So we all talk about Brett Rippon being a huge downgrade. Uh, you know, the Packers' defense has made a lot of good, a lot of quarterbacks look pretty good this year. So, it, it to me, it would be Rams for nothing. And if you're in a pick and pull, it it would have to be Rams. Eric, I, I'm sure you're probably coming on like, God, really? They hammered me with two questions on Rams Packers out of the gate. I'm gonna want to go some in a different direction here. Nick and I spent some time last week, and we're going to spend some time tomorrow, I think, talking about offensive rookie of the year. And this leads into like Levis, who's going to play tomorrow night against the Steelers. Bryce Young, who looked, you know, better, I think, against the Houston Texans. They beat CJ Stroud at home in that game. The betting market for offensive rookie of the year still kind of indicates, man, it's CJ Stroud a lot of the time, like a, a really prohibitive favorite still. Nick and I kind of felt like, you know, there's so much time left in the season. Like maybe it, maybe it can still be Bryce Young. Maybe it can be Will Levis after what we saw uh, this past weekend against Atlanta. Maybe it can be Jameer Gibbs with like an increased role for the Lions. To be fair, and his price dropped a lot as well. Maybe it can be Addison, but now with Cousins not throwing him the ball, eh, maybe not. Is, is there somebody that you like in that market if you're trying to take a shot against C.J. Stroud? Yeah, well, when you go to SumerSports.com and look at our league tables, we have like strength of schedule for the rest of the year. And, you know, Houston has a top five easiest strength of schedule. So does Carolina. And I think, you know, that team, Thomas Brown goes and becomes the offensive coordinator. It was not that, you know, our offensive play caller is always the coordinator, but now he's calling plays. It wasn't pretty last week, but when they needed to, Carolina did move the ball. Um, at one and six, they're not all that far behind Atlanta, who's now moving on from Desmond Ritter at quarterback, at least for this week, and New Orleans, who – think has kind of figured it out a little bit, but it's still not a great team. Carolina could Carolina. This sounds kind of weird to say, but Carolina might have a better chance of winning the NFC South than Houston has of winning the AFC South. And so as such, I think if you don't want to go all, you know, 2022 Jaguars on it and take, you know, the Panthers at a, at a huge underdog to win that division, I think Stroud to win offensive player of the year is maybe a better way to bet that, that angle, which is that Carolina is trying to win there. It's not their first round pick anymore. 
um, and they actually have a relatively easy path to winning. And a lot of the stuff that was going poorly for them, you know, first few games of the year, are going to, you know, Brian Burns is going to play for this team the rest of the year. Adam Thielen is going to play for this team the rest of the year. Like, they're actually trying to win, and, you know, the, the, the you know, table is set for them to do so in the second half of the year. Uh, CJ Shroud at uh, BetMGM, minus 165 to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Bryce Young, 40-1 to 1 to win that particular award. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday talking week nine in the NFL with Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. He's on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. All right, Eric, let's hit some of the big games coming up this weekend. Let's go to Germany on Sunday morning for the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Basically, like, pick the winner of the game between Kansas City and Miami and also curious as to how you see the game playing out. The total's 50 and a half. I, I kind of think this game's going to go under. I like the Chiefs a little bit in the game. Who do you think's going to win, and what type of game do you think we get in terms of high scoring or a little bit lower scoring? Nick, you and I are on the same wavelength here. The Chiefs have not been great against the number since the middle of 2020, um, but in situations where Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid just have to basically win the game, as you said, they've been pretty good. Uh, last year's playoffs being a, an example. Um and so, I, let, I mean, look, the line of scrimmage, the Chiefs have a, a very good advantage. Their defense, um, it was kind of lost in the shuffle last week, but I thought their defense played pretty well still, even in a loss. Um, uh, offensive line, I think that they're better than the, the Dolphins are on the defensive line. And any time that that's been the case for the Dolphins, the Eagles game, the Bills game, they've gotten kind of beaten up pretty hard. So uh, I, like, I like Kansas City. And to your point about the total, just two weeks ago, right, Patrick Mahomes threw for 300, uh, more, more than 300 yards in the first half of a game against the Chargers. That game, you know, total closed at 47 and a half. And, guys, we needed a punt return at the end of that game to go over the total of 48 in the NFL this year with one of the best quarterbacks in the league facing another one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The league-wide scoring environment in the NFL is just, I mean, every single game we've seen, you know, offenses look like the, the game the other night, Detroit's offense looked great. You know, Vegas's offense looked like looked poor, but it was it should have been enough to get over a, a mid forties total. It just wasn't because the league is so slow nowadays. And couple that with the fact that the run games in the NFL this year are not being as efficient, especially against uh, small boxes. When one team gets a lead, you can basically write off the over in a game. So um, I, I like under as well in this game. Eric, you talk about like contending teams, but also high totals. We we have a tight high total in the Bills Bengals game too, and like, I got I don't know if I can blame it for being for being high based on what we saw from Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense last week. Like this point spread, and we've talked about this on this week already, definitely representative of like a Bengals are back type of rating. Really, after only one week, like I mean they were on a bye, and then they probably should have lost to Seattle the game before that. So basically, on this one game, this went over San Francisco. The market's like, yep, Bengals are back. Like they're way better. Like they're good. They're, maybe they're better than Buffalo on a neutral field. Maybe that says more about Buffalo. The Bengals are two point home favorites on Sunday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. The total, which we were talking about earlier with scoring and, and pace and everything, 49 and a half, the total in this game. So one of the higher totals this week as well, just like Chiefs-Dolphins. Any thoughts, side or total, Buffalo and Cincinnati Sunday night? I, I do know some sharp people who are on the over in this game and pushed it up from 48 to 40, 48 and a half to 49 and a half. Um, I can't argue even though I don't know if I can get in front of an over in the NFL right now. Um, but the... The point spread changes is astronomical, and uh, I think that it means the only thing that you can do as a reasonable person is is take the points of Buffalo. Uh, Cincinnati just last week, off of a bye, 
against a team with a quarterback that was iffy health-wise off of a Monday night football loss to the Vikings. We're six-point dogs opening up against the Niners, and now they come over, and I know home field matters in the NFL. It's not as much as it used to, and I know the Bills are a little down. Um, but the Bills off of large rest, you know, having that thing flip from basically a pick on the look-ahead to plus three and now back to plus two, I agree with the buyback down to plus two way more than I agree with the, the huge adjustment towards the Bengals. And I think a lot of that is, guys, that last year, after a slow start, everybody's power ratings kind of had that, those early season games in them, and the, and the Bengals, all they did down the stretch was cover numbers. I, I think that that's the overcorrection the market is making right now, thinking oh, we, can't, we, we have to overcorrect so we don't get uh, basically killed on Bengals games the rest of the year, and I think it's too much of a correction. That's an interesting take there from Eric on Sunday Night Football with the Bengals and the Bills. Eric, the other like massive game this weekend in the NFL, and there are a couple other good ones also. Hopefully we can get to a couple. The Eagles and the Cowboys on Sunday in Philadelphia, like basically like no market movement on this game, side or total yet this week. Philly holding is a three-point home favorite, the total holding at 46. Uh, who, what do you like in this game, side and total, Eagles and Cowboys? Total is, is a little weird for me. Whenever I watch Jalen Hurts, I'm amazed that he can put up the numbers he does because he just simply doesn't look healthy to me. Um, A.J. Brown, to me, is probably the reason for that. Now, Stephon, you know, the, 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 the Cowboys have the people to match up, I think, against uh, the Eagles, and they have, I think, the athleticism to turn, you know, the turnovers. I mean, Jalen Hurts is quietly one of the leaders in the NFL in interceptions. I think that the, the Cowboys have the, the goods. I think to make the Eagles pay when they make mistakes on offense. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, look, I, I joked about this on Twitter, but it was like watching CeeDee Lamb get multiple targets was like watching that, you know, Instagram video where the baby wears glasses for the first time and can finally see. It's like this has been here this entire time, and it's taken you seven weeks to figure out to throw the ball to your best player. I think if they continue that trend, um, you know, the Cowboys should be live in this game outright, not, a, not only uh, ATS. So I, I like Dallas. Um, you know, I think that they've figured some things out. I think they match up well here. And while I really respect the Eagles and think that they're a contender for the Super Bowl, um, I, I think that this is too many points here. Eric, Monday night football, very interesting this week. The Jets just like pull a rabbit out of a hat, basically, with some help from the Giants. They end up winning that game. And now you can see, even in some of the betting markets, playoffs, Sala for coach of the year, like the Rodgers like stuff. Like, is he ever going to come back? Like, the market is kind of bullish on the idea the Jets can put something together here, maybe make a run toward a wild card spot in the playoffs. They're a three point dog at home against the Chargers on Monday night. Chargers obviously beat up Tyson Bajan and the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football last week. So, Chargers three against like, I guess the resurgent Jets, even though the game was ugly as hell. What are you liking about 60 seconds Monday night football here? Yeah, I think you have to look to the under in this game. Um, the Chargers are one of those teams where when they go up against great defenses, I don't, I don't think Herbert can kind of overcome that right now, especially with a lack of depth at wide receiver. Um, Eckler is not kind of running as well as he was. Uh, in the past, although he had a decent game Sunday night. Uh, and, and Zach Wilson, like, let's not, you know, I know, Nick, you were, you were kind of tilting about this game. Like, Zach Wilson was a non-viable quarterback for 59 minutes uh, on Sunday, and uh, I just don't think he can keep up here. Um, but the Chargers are a meltdown team, so I think you like under instead of, you know, Jets, ATS, or even uh, Chargers. If I were to go side, I would go Chargers in the alts, uh, you know, out to minus 9.5, you know, 13.5, 16.5, that kind of thing. Eric, five seconds to go since you brought it up. 
who wins on Sunday? The Giants or Antonio Pierce, Aiden O'Connell, and the Raiders in five seconds? Raiders. I think they rally. Well, there was, we'll, there was uh, a long pause. We'll long pause uh, before that answer. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> right, Eric Eager. Eric, we appreciate it. On Twitter at Eric Eager yeah. underscore. Got to check out the Sumer Sports football, football show, sumersports.com, and check out Eric's work with our friends over at The Hammer. My friend, best of luck with the bets this weekend, except for the Raiders, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, take care, guys. Have a good one. What, what, everyone likes the, the, the Raiders? What do, you, what, do you, what do you like in this game? Like three-second pause. The, the Raiders, I guess. They bounce back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you, know what that, you know what that tells you? You yeah. probably like the Giants. Eager. On the other side. More live movement for Week 9 in the NFL. Nick and Ken, you better you bet on a Wednesday. The great Iron Eagle with the call. Sean Watson not having a uh, great year for the Cleveland Browns. And we don't know when he's going to be back under center for Cleveland. And despite the fact that P.J. Walker's been reasonably okay for Cleveland in terms of the wins and losses, he obviously has not played great. And if the Browns are to achieve like, their ultimate upside this year, they're going to need Deshaun Watson to try and get them there. Uh, Nick and Ken here on You Better You Bet. If you're watching on Stadium, this is our final segment for the day on Stadium. You want the final hour of the show? That will have all our bets for tonight. Head on over to twitch.tv backslash betql in about 10 minutes. Twitch.tv backslash betql for the final hour today of You Better, You Bet. Jake, bring the uh, moved music up here, and let's do a little bit more line movement here. Week 9 in the NFL with injury reports starting to come in for the first time this week. And Ken, it's pretty good news for the Cleveland Browns. Doesn't mean that Watson's definitely going to play, but... Watson gets a limited practice in early in the week. So practices again, Deshaun Watson does today in a limited fashion. It's worth noting that for Arizona, Kyler Murray did practice in full. Now, it's our expectation that the Cardinals are going to start Clayton Toon, and Kyler will be on active in the game and be the backup quarterback, and then Kyler will return to the lineup next week against the Atlanta Falcons for the Arizona Cardinals. So Clayton Toon most likely for Arizona. And maybe some mystery as to who's going to start this weekend, Ken, for the Cleveland Browns. Have the betting markets reacted at all to Deshaun Watson practicing in a limited fashion? And if so, how? And what is your thought? Really, we've been we've been over this uh, this Browns by seven number. We've been more than a touchdown in this game, like pretty much throughout. Uh, we we talked about the total for this game yesterday too. The idea that like if it's Clayton Tune, does it matter who starts for the Browns? Like, can the total really be thirty seven and a half, thirty eight? And it still is. Total hasn't moved at all. And really, this the line has actually moved in a couple places back toward Arizona. Now we're talking like really like cosmetic stuff, like an eight became a seven and a half in a couple places, something like that. And really, the consensus number right now is like 7.75 or something like that. And I think it's as we've talked about a lot this season, Browns games are just like, okay, like what, what rating would you use for the team to try to figure out what the number is supposed to be? There's so much guesswork involved. They haven't played a lot of games with Watson. The games that they have played with PJ Walker, he has not played well, but the team has won for the most part up until last week. And it given you a competitive effort in at least the games that he started or come in in relief of Watson. So it's all just a big mess. The one thing that you feel like you know for sure is the defense is phenomenal. I mean, the defense is at least a top three unit in the league, if not the best defense in the league, and might have the defensive player of the year. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. So I think that's why you and I were both immediately like, okay, well, there's a lot of quarterback uncertainty, but we probably feel good about the under because it's someone for Arizona against this Browns defense in a game in Cleveland. And it's even if it's Deshaun Watson instead of P.J. Walker, like what's a reasonable scoring projection? So could be confusion in the market. 
where like that people just like aren't really sure what to do so they're not doing anything and maybe when we get more clarity on who the browns quarterback actually is you'll see something maybe when we get clarity on like okay kyler's practicing what does that mean you'll see something it could just be kind of everyone waiting to pull the trigger that's what it feels like to me there's a little bit of that in the falcons vikings game too where it's like okay can we just make sure it's not josh dobbs like can we know that because there seems like a chance like (laughs) the way you talked it seems like there might be josh dobbs and then for both of these teams like the way that you put it it seems like it could be the other guy. I think in this case, it's both teams, whereas in Atlanta, Minnesota, we know that Heineke's starting for one of the teams. So that uncertainty leading to a total lack of market movement, honestly, the total state exactly the same, little interest in Arizona, but the number is still more than a touchdown. And now for total for something totally subjective, to, based on opinion only, and no info, because like, we mm. don't have any information on this. This is just yeah. like, what is your opinion? And I'll give mine also. And like, we could be way wrong on this, and that's okay. Just like, hey, like, what do you think? Out of these three quarterbacks, who do you think is the most likely to play on Sunday? Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, or Josh Dobbs? Watson by a lot. I think for me it's Dobbs. I don't I don't think they're gonna play him. I think they're gonna wait a week. And then I think they're gonna play him. I- I think if Jaron Hall's really bad, like early on, I think Dobbs like immediately comes in. I don't think like they oh, wait until like, the third quarter. Oh, I think he meant starts, plays. Oh, Dob- Dobbs is at least the same as Watson if it's just plays. And I'll be curious. The, the really interesting thing is, like, I don't think this will happen if O'Connell very confidently tells you like tomorrow, Jaron Hall is starting, and there's like no mystery, and it's like this is what's happening and books put up Jaron Hall props, it's almost like, should the first digit be like a zero, as in it has to be less than 100 yards? Because you know like, I would he's think. gonna get pulled. Like, he, like he's too bad. Like he's gonna get pulled But like, but is it? Would they ever even open it? It's so obvious that they're like, they'd play Dobbs if he was like, had a pulse, you know? And it just, it's like Jaron Hall on the road. Like it's gonna go well. Uh, That would, that's just gonna be really interesting. Like, are there prop markets for that game? And I I think for Atlanta, like you're gonna get Heineke props because it's, I mean, Arthur Smith's a moron, but like, he's not gonna put Ritter back in after he just did this whole song and dance this week about what happened. So like, you know, the the angle in that game, I I guess is like, what are the Vikings offense props? Like what, what is that? And, uh, but of the three quarterbacks you gave, I I think we'll see Watson this week. I think we will. It's not like, I could put it this way. It's not like PJ Walker's been good. Like it'd be one thing if it's like the stat lines and not even like that they were okay. The stat lines have been terrible in the games that he played. They've won, they won two of the games, but like he, he has not played well. Um, so I, I think Watson for that reason, but totally subjective. So we might have like PJ Walker against Clayton Toon. Taylor right. Heineke against Jaron, kids in the hall. Also this week in the NFL, we'll get Josh Allen, we think, against Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes against two, and Dak Prescott against Jalen Hurts. The haves and have-nots in the uh, yeah. in the National Football League. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday line movement for Week 9. Ken, uh, just to give you a second, just to check this in case you don't have it up. I'm going to ask you about the Steelers-Titans game on Thursday night. I am right. guessing there is not movement here because m- maybe – people were expecting this to happen I kind of felt like it was 50-50 the Steelers this is actually like a really big deal for the Steelers on defense where they've barely had Cam Hayward the stud defensive lineman who's like maybe like a borderline like first ballot Hall of Fame like a borderline Hall of Fame player when it's all said and done Cam Hayward for the Steelers you know Connor's brother who's like the I guess the tight end while Pat Fryer moves out. But Cam Hayward has been activated to the 53-man roster, like likely to play tomorrow night. I know that he's a defensive player and like that doesn't necessarily like have to move the point spread. I 
I think he's like really, really important, especially in this game. Rookie quarterback on the other side, short week on the road. Have we seen any movement in the Steelers-Titans game? And if not, we can just move on to the Saints-Bears. I mean, not really. It's just worth noting, like, this market, the total in this game has been, like, very uninteresting for a little bit. Um, like, the total moved up kind of right away and has stayed 36 and a half, 37 for, for a long time. And uh, the side has just consistently bounced back and forth from Steelers by three to Steelers by two and a half. Now, a big part of that is, was Kenny Pickett going to play in the game or not? Uh, was Will Levis going to start again, I guess would be another thing. But really, like Pickett's status probably guided whether you were going to see three or two and a half. We're just kind of in between the two numbers. So like, yeah, Pittsburgh gets bet up sometimes in a couple places, like five cents or whatever. But I can't tie that to Hayward it's just kind of the way the market's been behaving the whole time where it like kind of goes up to three and then it comes back down a little bit and we're just 2.75 like all over the place um no like giant spike or anything as a result of that injury which I'm not surprised about like Hayward might fall into that category of players you know I'm trying to think of uh oh there was a really good you had a really good angle a couple of years ago where you would come on in Bears games and say like if Akeem Hicks, their defensive tackle, was playing or not, that would guide so many betting decisions that you were going to make in the game because Hicks was really good at stopping the run and no one else on the Bears was. And so, like, his absence or presence in the lineup was actually this, like, really significant thing that was kind of going under the radar and it wouldn't move the point spread, but yet it would, like, create bets that you would want to make in the game. Now, this is a little more general with, like, Hayward and his impact. It's not like you're going to bet a running back over or under because Cam Hayward's playing, but, like, maybe it's the same kind of a thing where hey, like the market's not going to move on like a defensive lineman that's not like a super known edge, but you kind of think he matters a lot. Like maybe that's a reason to bet on the Steelers. You can still find two and a half in a lot of places. I All I can think about right now is Super Mario because you said giant spike. And I'm thinking that's like something that like Mario oh, would have yeah. to avoid in like a stage yeah, of like Super Mario Wonder. You stopped playing it, right? I'm guessing because you started playing Spider-Man. Like are you done with Mario Wonder? I was playing Spider-Man before Wonder came out. And I... For people who are like Spider-Man, like the game that came out five years ago, yes, I am very behind. Uh, but I finally like had a window to like play a new video game, and I was like, I want to play Spider-Man because everybody said it was great. And I have started playing it, and I'm just so into it. And it's sort of like a GTA open world kind of a game where when you're in, like it's you can you can play all day, and it's like not a big deal. The time just passes that easily. And so like I get Super Mario Wonder, and it's really fun and it's awesome. But like, you, you know, you have that moment, you go down to the TV, there's two controllers. It's like, which one, which one am I going to pick up? Like not thinking about what I'm going to play. I just, I pick up, I pick up the PS4 controller. I play Spider-Man. Like that's just what I do. So now I'm just, it's when I'm done with Spider-Man, I'll go back to Mario. All right. So that's a really fair answer. Uh, I'm playing a, a video game inspired by 1996 Japanese role-playing games. Uh, last yeah. game for us to just uh, touch on, and it moved. Uh, will be the Saints and the uh, and the Bears, Ken. And Rob Bazol alluded to this when he came on um, in hour number two with us. Uh, it seems like the Saints have gotten bet in this game against the secret Bajan man in Chicago. Where do we stand right now in New Orleans and Chicago? Does it make you want to make a bet on the game? Yeah, I'll just I'll I have we'll do one other line move thing if we have time, just because something's happening on the board right now. Uh, but in the in the Saints game, just like we're not in a different zone like we're still more than seven in the game that's where we've been basically the entire time the saints were seven and a half point favorites at home against the bears the the saints got hit a little bit uh while we had rob on so about two hours ago and they got out to eight and a half and there were a couple nines on the board so again this is it's not like oh through a key number or like oh that really changes how i feel about the game just shows that there was like some interest in the saints just worth noting that with this game at eight and a half 
it has basically like equaled or gotten to what the Chargers closed at almost on that Sunday night game against the Bears, which just leads to like an interesting question about, okay, like how do you consider the Saints and the Chargers versus each other? And did you learn enough from Bajent in the Chargers game? And they were so bad that like you need to downgrade the Bears and now this number makes sense. Like it's just kind of an interesting comparison because we have such a similar point spread to what we had last week. And last thing here, Ken, what else is going on on the board right now? The, uh, the Ravens have now gone to six basically everywhere. This started earlier before the show where some of the five and a halfs went to six. Now we're basically six across the board with like one exception. And the, the over in the game has also started getting bet. So it was open 42 and a half, was 43, 43 and a half. The board is almost 44 across the board. So like a pretty significant total on like a, a random Wednesday, 5.50 p.m. Eastern time, like a, a total of 42, 43 is now at a key number of 44 and still going up. And the Ravens have gotten bet out to six. It's the thought there, just like the Ravens are going to slam them in the game. I guess so, right? I mean, it's like literally both things are moving like in tandem. So it's almost like Ravens team total keeps going up. It's almost a good way to think about it. I think we got to uh, be able to think more about this game and we'll obviously do more yeah. on it. It's a little confusing. And, uh, it is, it's yeah. very confusing. Uh, what's not confusing, though, is the decision that you, the person watching us mm. on Stadium, have to make right now. There is no decision. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL for the final hour of the Power Hour. A lot of bets, a lot of sports in the next 60 minutes. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.